right, Teddy. That's just the three songs pod, Teddy. Three song pod. You got the show right, Teddy, my man. Three song pod. Three song pod. What episode is this, Mike? That's right, it's episode 120 of Three Songs Podcast. May 28th, 2020, Bob Nastanovich, how you doing? You're good, really good. When's the last time that you used a level? You know, a level, the tool of like measuring like um, leveling? Probably to hang a photo. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's me too probably, yeah. I, I just kind of do guesswork on that. Yeah, you know, I like I like to at least... At least start with a baseline, and then yeah, it can all go to hell from there. But yeah, anyways, do you, do you have our levels right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I I, yeah, I, okay. I I've got our levels good. How are you doing tonight, Bob? Okay, fine. You know, fine. Right. You know, I mean, I know what you mean. You know, <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do? You know, I know what you I mean, mean. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm I'm breathing and staying in my house. Actually, just did some shop. You know, some mass shopping today, and. uh good we're good we're well stocked and like you know we're, we're gonna hunker down for a long time here yeah <laughs> for a lot of reasons yeah uh, and we're not gonna get into that but like yeah well you know you're you're a work from home guy I, i'm an unemployed guy yeah and like you know it was i'm just happy that we're, we're all right that's right Me we too. could talk about music on let's, a let's talk Thursday about music. night you know Let's talk about music. You episode brought... 120, man. Three episode... songs pod. This is episode 120, 120 minutes. Yeah, we're, we're, we had a few guests. We had some episodes with guests. Now we're back to just the two of us. But we're doing something yeah, you're stuck. You're slightly stuck. You're different. Stuck. Slightly different tonight. We each brought a song recommended by a listener. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Yes. Yes. It was a... Um, we decided a few weeks ago, I think about 10 days ago, to like, kind of test... Um, the waters and like and uh, i think you put up a great tweet um saying like hey what haven't we played that you'd like to hear yeah and i thought the response was fantastic it, like you know four, 40 or 50 people wrote in was and suggested like uh some really great stuff and like we're gonna mix that into the show tonight in a double pop yeah. and we'll be pulling it out whenever we need it because like they made some great suggestions for sure for sure but I'll, uh, more on that later. I'm going to start things strong. I'll start things with a bang. Mr. Chuck D. Uh, Whoa, come on now. From a uh, kind of lesser known album of his. Uh, the I Rhyme think. Animal. Yeah. Um, not Public Enemy, but this is Chuck doing kind of his own thing. Uh, and it's, it's from an album called Trib to JB, which was his tribute to James Brown. Uh, released in 2007. Uh, I don't know if, how well this was distributed, how many people heard it, but it's a really good, fun record, you know, with some, some, some good stuff. It's just nice to hear Chuck's take on a classic, you know, and in this case, I'm going to play his version of Superbad, which I know I think he can pull it off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he will pull it <laughs> off. This will get you moving, sit back, or stand up, as it were, and check it out. Chuck D., Super bad. One, two, three. Turbo. Come on, watch me. Uh, come on, watch me. Yeah, come on. I got it. Get it. Come on, watch me. Uh, get it. Watch me. Come on, get it. Get it. I got it. Go get it. Come on. Hey. Uh, go get it. I got something that makes me want to shout. Huh. I got something that tells you what it's all about. Talking about that guitar plum getting it, Kyrie. <laughs> uh, dedicated to the bad brother, Mr. James Brown. Band, carry on. Uh, I got that something so Come on, baby. Super bad brother. Believe that. Let's believe. Uh, I got soul. Hey, soul. 
a soul funk, so funky we're gonna do it in full Superman tribute, get it going What you gonna play now? We got soul and we're Superman This about as close to the real thing as you can get Just straight out getting it The band, DJ Johnny Juice, Hard Groove and Crew Chuck D, Kyle Jason, guaranteed Wait a minute to get on down White House where he'd stand up and demand things just like he would sit in his dressing room. <laughs> Chuck D starting it strong tonight. Yeah. With a little tribute you know, to you, James I mean, were you a, You're a former college radio DJ, right? Yeah, I was. So Chuck D. Chuck D. Chuck D. Yeah, he went. Chuck yeah. D was a college radio DJ as well, right? Yeah, Carlton... Carlton Douglas written hour, yeah, hell yeah, mm-hmm. Delphi University, mm-hmm. and he started he started writing his raps as a teenager, uh, you know, and like uh, I get he went to he studied uh, graphic design at Adelphi, and he had a great college radio show. I imagine, obviously, we never heard it, but like sure, sure, you yeah, know, I mean, he, he's he's got incredible he's where he met, he's where he, he's where he met uh, William Drayton, a yeah. fellow named nicknamed Flavo Flav, Flavo Flav, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and for me personally, I mean, I haven't played Public Enemy. We haven't really talked about Public Enemy on the show, but well, why not? Why huge. Not? Let's I, play it. Let's play it. We let's should. Do it up. We yeah, should. Let's play it. Yeah. I don't have it's any. A, you know. Oh, you you want me to play you it right now? Cue it up. Yeah, you can cue oh, it up. I don't have you anything. Know, we'll I don't have anything about... ready, but we can talk. We'll talk about it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll see. Um, you can't do just one. You can't. Do, you can't. We can't talk about Chuck D without playing Public Enemy. Uh, well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but we like could we could do a whole show about Chuck D. We, like we, we could, were. we could, we could. And for me, Chuck and Public Enemy really helped open up the whole genre of rap and hip hop. Because prior to that, I never it was never really you know I, I I was a punk. You were a punk. I wasn't thinking in terms of beats and how you know i mean i think we talked a little bit about how a dj could be a band you know in prior shows but we never like i was never i never took the art form seriously until i got and really got into takes a nation of millions to hold us back and that's when i saw fair enough it's definitely one of the first um hip-hop albums that like i loved yeah 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 i mean and and in particular you know like I, i mean i've got plenty in my collection you know black steel and the hour of chaos is the one that really always like i'd always go to you know of course but like there's so many you know and 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 that you gotta play it play it not not only is that song an amazing song but it's an amazing statement you know i mean when i think of well play it play it okay all right all right here we go it's it's six and a half minutes long we'll we'll we'll, that's all right right black steel and the hour of chaos public enemy chuck d yeah. Thanks for your face, London. Everybody in the house, make some noise. I want everybody in the house to say, ho! Yo, Chuck, kick it to him, man. A ballad behind bars, or you could say real rock from the rock. An unusual musical happening in a most unusual place. The state prison I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were suckers. They wanted me for their army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said never. Here's a land that never gave a damn about a brother like me and myself because they never did. I wasn't with it, but just that very minute it occurred to me. The suckers had authority. Cold sweating as I dwell in my cell. How long has it been? They got me sitting in a state pen. I gotta get out what that thought was thought before. I contemplated a plan on the cell floor. I'm not a fugitive on the run. Brother, brother like me begun to be another one. Hold the enemy serving time to do the line. Yo, 
philosophically for some crime Nevertheless, they could not understand And I'm a black man, and I can never be a veteran All the strength of situations unreal I got a raw deal So I'm looking for the steal Yo, Chuck, you serious? You in the justice, man? Word them up, I'm looking for that steal Yo, man, we gonna break you out of there, man We ain't gonna like that, man Don't you know, they got me rotten in the time that I'm serving Telling you what happened the same time they're throwing Four of us packed in a cell like slaves Oh well, the same motherfucker got us living in his hell You have to realize what is a form of slavery Organized under a swarm of devils Straight up, word them up on the level The reasons are several, most of them federal Here's my plan anyway and I say I got gusto But the least some I can trust, yo Some do a bit from one to ten But I never did, and plus I never been I'm on a tear with no tears should ever fall Self blocked and locked, I never clock it, y'all Cause time and time again, time they got me serving to those of them I'm not a citizen, but ever when I catch a CO Sleeping on the job, I'm playing, it's all go ahead I want to speak, but I'ma tell you the deal I got nothing to lose, cause I'm going for the steal
There you go. Chuck D. Yeah, by request from Bob. Yeah, I mean, powerful wordsmith with a powerful voice. Yeah, and, you know, for me, yeah. when, when I first got into that record, I really saw the connection between a lot of the punk, like the Minutemen, and really political. Yeah, because that was like, you know, that was like rap for punk rockers. It, it, for, for sure, and it was... Um, it was complex and it was heavy, but it was and it was serious, but it was also fun. It was the sort of thing that I had um, it was a surprise to me. Like I hadn't really ever thought about rap being an art form in that way until I heard that record, and it completely blew my mind and completely changed the way I thought about the genre. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, I mean, like similar, you know, similar experience, like. Um, to me, they're kind of like, you know, New York City punk rock in a way, you know, Queens punk rock. Sure. Which is like one of the interesting things about tangling those genres, you know, like whether it be like, you know, Beastie Boys, like New York City punk rock, you know, Gangstar, New Jersey, um, MC Light, you know, all kinds of like people have made an impact, but like highly politicized, like kind of changing just like, you know, NWA, you know. For sure. Um, For sure. And, you know, in L.A., so like, you know, I don't really care about the like I'm not advanced enough to like really know like the whole West coast, East coast, um, battle and rap, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's right. something that like I was really never a part of, especially sitting right. here on this porch in, in Des Moines, just like the completely different scene, but like just the, it's just a wordsmith, you know, and you know, and just kind of interest introducing like politics, to the equation, you know, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I mean, and that's why I mentioned bands like the, the frustration, the frustration for sure. Yeah, like, and, or even, you know, even the clash, you know, is singing about in, or rapping in this case about like really heavy, serious topics that were often not, you know, I mean, when you think about, earlier punk rock or other punk rock you know sometimes it's the buzzcocks doing the lighter stuff which is fine too or you know the rap version might be tone loke but to have somebody just grab you by the throat and make you pay attention to not just the words but their topics you know it it was uh it was eye-opening for me and you know it's it's a record that i never tire of i never tire of takes a nation of millions to hold us back and they had a bunch of good records, man. I mean, they made they fourteen of them. They did, know. they did. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of other great stuff that they made, but you know that was the first one for me, and that's the one I always go back to. So, yeah, and we're not deep. super experts on anything, but anyway, so, you know, I'll <laughs> no. stay in New York City. Okay, stay, stay. And I'll do a I'll do a um, a suggestion for us to play an artist shout out to my dear friend Huxley Maxwell, whose real name is Luke, Luke Belknap. He's just in like a great just, band called Person Whale, just like Chuck like, D. He's got a pseudonym, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, we'll talk about pseudonyms. You know, like there's a lot. It's like <laughs> the whole era of the pseudonym. Like, like and we, you know, we talked about you know this like in the last ten days. Like, if you were a huge star, we'd have to we'd have to give you a different name. Probably. Yeah, Probably. Mike Hogan's not going to work. No, it's already taken you know by mean? the like, basis from the Cranberries anyway. We'll we'll, we'll, get, we'll we'll fix your name. We'll fix your name. Okay. All right. Sorry. When, Sorry your, when your career when your career takes off. Sorry to detour. We're waiting for your we're waiting for your music career to take That's off. That's right. I got like keep I have waiting. no choice. Like I, you know I can't change my name. Keep keep waiting. So so your your buddy Huxley Maxwell suggested yeah Huxley no, Luke Belknap yeah from Personwell. He said, "How come you guys haven't played any Karen Dalton?" Right. And I was like, you're damn right about that. How right. can we have played in Karen Dalton? So here's a woman from Texas who grew up in Oklahoma, went to Greenwich Village in the early 60s, folk blues singer. He could, was a master 12-string guitarist, long-neck banjo player. Who had two or three kids and went to New York from Eden, Oklahoma, and she somehow hooked up with a very, imagine a very tough scene to penetrate. I mean, Bob Dylan was in it. Sure. Like, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So, so. She just she shows up in a bus or a car, and uh, she's only made a few studio records during her career. And we'll talk about that after the song. But like, this is off her 1969 album, her debut. And right? I love, yeah, I love. But she'd been around. Yeah, right. But her somebody first, got her in the studio. First full length. Yeah. Yeah, and like the song, the song is called "It Hurts Me Too." And the album is called It's So Hard to Tell Who's Love Who's Going to Love You the Best. Karen Dalton. Karen Dalton. Gone, Luke. <laughs> 
So beautiful, so pure, oh, yeah. so I mean, raw too. The emotion in her voice. Yeah, can you imagine like uh, you know being like nineteen with like two kids, uh, broke up a fight between two two boyfriends of hers, grew up in rural Texas and so Oklahoma lady, and said like, "Let's go on New York City." Yeah, you know, when she was like nineteen or something. She lived kind of a hard life, right? I mean, she died sort of in obscurity. I mean, there's story goes that she died of AIDS. She had drug and alcohol problems for years. She'd be like 82 today if she was still ticking, you know, yep. and I think she died in 93. Right. And, and in most of her stuff, I mean, when she died, she only recorded or released the two albums. Um, a lot of her stuff resurfaced and re- was reissued much later. I mean, there, there's yeah, been a lot of, of those things. A know, lot like, of attention brought to her. I mean, well deserved attention after her death. But she's one of those artists that never really saw that attention. Kind of like Nick Drake in a way. You know, I mean, she yeah, lived a little longer. Master than Master of Nick. the stringed instruments. You yeah, know, and like uh, I think she's just like a very original artist who's like gotten lost in the shuffle. But like, For of sure. course, as you said, like during her life, like she was like so you know celebrated in her own scene, but like you know, not by the world. And like, you know, I think it's interesting that you should mention like rediscovery because my buddy Luke, who suggested that is a man about town here. There's not much scene here, but like he's, you know, if we have, if I had to name like 10 scenesters in in Des Moines, (laughs) Luke's, Luke's one. Like the fact that, the fact that like, you know, as a young, young, young chap that uh, Karen Dalton is like touched his life. Right. Uh, means that they're getting, you know, great music from like an era but way before our era. Right. To the kids. Right. To the kids. Even know? on his radar at all. And, you know, yeah. I think there's a lot of those those reissue labels to thank for that. And um, recently, are you familiar with Tompkins uh, Square, the reissue label? Not, no. No, no but you know, they, I do know Tompkins Square Park. Well, right. Yeah, that's that's what they're named after. But they um, they put out something a few years ago that was uh, a collection of her lyrics that had never been recorded as music, and they got a bunch of different women 
Lucinda Williams and your buddy Tara Jane O'Neill and Marissa Nadler. Does she good? Yeah, and Patty Griffin and uh, Sharon Von Etten to record versions of these these songs that that um, Karen Dalton had written but never recorded. So it's nice to see, you know, albeit after pretty awesome. Fact. Like, the, yeah. like you know, we're talking like you know we're. I'm 52 and you're like 36. <laughs> and uh, I think it's pretty cool that like these kids today are like, you know, discovering things and being touched by things that like that we completely missed out on. Right, right, right. And and yeah. would have been nothing but a footnote if not for a lot of these music fans that are now running reissue labels that make it their job to make sure that the kids and everybody else hear this music that otherwise would be forgotten. So it's interesting. Our experience in like in music, like mine currently with Brooker's tip and in the nineties, just like little brother, like we were trying to put put out current artists. You know what I mean? Like I would always think like, let's just put out like what's going on now and hope it's great. Yep. You know? Yep. And, um, like my buddy uh, Carl Young at Ally Records, he's re- he's re-releasing, or he's oh, it's actually putting out a brand new Kate Kitchen album, like in early June. Yeah, you met Carl. You oh met yeah, Carl in Portland, great guy. And he's he's got plan a fantastic guy, and he's got great plans. But like his artists, like already have a built-in audience. Like unlike when you know with you with like Little Brother and sure. like me with Broker's Tip, like it's interesting how people approach things. But like I just love that the kids, um are doing something that I would never do. They wouldn't, uh, when I was a kid, I just cared, I, I just cared about what was in front of my face. Right. Right. And like the, the kids, like they, they're, they're more into history. It's almost music archeology span in a way. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to use Karen Dalton as a way to kind of springboard. A springboard, a springboard. My yeah, next song. Beat, beat in the punch, springboard, beat in the punch, springboard. <laughs> similar, similar. You're, you're not, you're holding, you're not pivoting, you're, you're I'm springboarding. I'm springboarding, yeah, we're, we're coming yeah. up with new words tonight. Um, yeah, you should, you should design a skateboard right now <laughs> called the springboard. <laughs> okay, I'll get on that right after this song. Uh, you, you familiar with Tia Blake? Vaguely. Okay. Very vaguely. So She's sh- obscure, she's not a, Jeez. Similar to Karen Dalton, she released, I think, yeah, only I think, one record. In she's her, in her more music. obscure than Karen Dalton, isn't she? Maybe, because she maybe hasn't, she doesn't have, I think Karen fortunately recorded, but didn't release in her lifetime a lot of additional tracks. Tia Blake released one record, I think there were some demos that, that surfaced a few years ago, but the, the, the body of work just kind of isn't there, and the one record she put out in 1971... Um, called another Fol- another um, another stage namer. Her name is uh, Christiana Walden. Okay, well there <laughs> yeah. you go. Yeah, we got to get us a stage name, I guess. Um, she she recorded this and released it in seventy one. I'm DJ Stack. <laughs> That's right, you are. I, I never had a DJ mm-hmm. name. Um, you got to get you a DJ name. We we do. Um, the album is called Folk Songs and Ballads, and similar to Karen Dalton, it's a lot of. Uh, old blues and folk tunes that she's doing in her 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 manner and um this one's an an old blues tune called betty and dupree it's been covered by a lot of artists including the grateful dead Um, but her version is just so beautiful and her voice is so pure pure in a different way from karen but just as countrified she's countrified just as tar hill stater just as powerful but yeah this was recorded when she was in paris so she was like 18 an american who went to paris and recorded and released this record in the early 70s so yeah check it out so i went i went oklahoma to greenwich village and you went you're gonna go from north carolina to paris (laughs) yep Exactly. We're, there you we're, go. We're keeping it. We're keeping it global tonight. Uh, yeah. Betty and Dupree from Tia Blake. Yeah. Here you go. Fantastic. Lie down, Betty. See what tomorrow brings. Lie down, Betty. See what tomorrow. Sunshine may bring you diamond rings, but if you lose your man, it won't bring you anything. 
now Betty told to pray Buy me a diamond ring Oh, and Betty told to pray Buy me a diamond ring And Dupree told Betty I'll buy you most anything He said, lie down, Betty See what tomorrow brings Lie down, Betty See what tomorrow of a goddamn angel right there bob yeah she'd be she'd be a huge star today wouldn't she yeah i mean one and done you know she she was 18 when she recorded that and then kind of just fell out of the scene never really she just died a few years ago yeah she passed away what was it four or five years ago yeah i think from breast cancer uh and i you know i don't even think she was um recording you know, I don't know. I don't know much about her. I know that one record. It's a beautiful record. Uh, I, I don't really know her story. I don't know if there's a story to tell beyond that record, but it's a great record. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Thank you very much for playing it. Of course. I'm going to take us, as we bounce around the record shop tonight, because <laughs> we're, we're bouncing, we've already bounced from like the hip-hop section, Yep. and now we've gone into the folk section the blues section yep and the americana section yep we'll take we'll take us to the unreleased section okay you know, indie rock punk mm-hmm. rock indie mm-hmm. rock 2020 let's go to your town art rock art yeah punk. last yeah art rock whatever we want to call it we'll yeah. play it after we'll talk about it afterwards go to your town one of the most formidable bands in your town is a band called lithics sure and this is off off their upcoming album which I think is like kind of being delayed by the vinyl um, mm. process today. Like, um, have we spoken about it? Do we speak about it with Tracy? Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know if we've really talked about it too much. We got a vinyl crisis here. It's like shout out to like my record store people. Like, there's a lot of great people out there who own record stores, and like, you know, I think like if you're gonna safely reopen businesses, like, you know, I trust like the record store owners. Like, you know, they want you in their shop, and mm-hmm. like. And they've been like trying to stay busy. Two guys, or you know, two record stores. Shout out uh, Oxford, Mississippi, the end of all music. Great record shop and uh, Surface Noise, run by my buddy uh, Brett Ralph in Louisville. And like, I feel like 
oh, it's almost safe enough for me to enter a record store and flip through bins, you know, yep. with a mask on. Yep. And uh, this would be in the current section, coming out soon, Tower of Age, I believe on Kill Rock Stars, but I'm not sure. From Portland, Oregon, this is a song called Hands. Lithics. <laughs> Shout out to Joey Santiago right there. That's like slithery guitar going through that track. Yeah, but it does have like, um, with all due respect, like a, in a great way, like a celebration of like the Breeders and the Pixies, you know, like, but I heard like, you know, more Joey Santiago aspects than like, you know, the other aspects of, he's like the, he's like the quiet pixie. Right, right. He's, he's, he's the one that doesn't get the press. The least celebrated pixie. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I just think they're an uh, you know, interesting band of Lipsy Live. I think they like... For sure. Uh, yeah. You, you haven't seen them in your town. I, 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 have, mean, it's your I town. have not seen them, you know, because I haven't been back all that long and then music stopped. But uh, hopefully one of these days I'll get to see them again or get to see them for the first time because music yeah. start playing again. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I love that song... It's it's almost kind of restrained, and there's that slithery guitar and the tight beat, and then it just goes a little while, you know, like the distortion kicks in. They're just a really good band. <laughs> I don't know what I don't. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not being Exciting. all that articulate you know, about them. Years but, and this is their new album, so yeah. like, d- dig the lithics. The lithics, 
Yeah. Thank oh, yeah. You. No, they're not even the like. It's one of the, one of these weird things. Like, I have no problems with like being called like the Silver Jews or the Pavement, like anything I've been associated with. But like, yeah, they're just you lyrics. wouldn't call them the Sonic Youth, although they, right. they've called themselves that. You know, like they're just lyrics. there's there's the replacements. Sure. But there's like not like the Gang of Four or the Wire, right? Or the REM. Like, right. It is interesting. And then of course there's the the the. <laughs> <laughs> or the the you know yeah well soul I, mining you ever listen to that album that I'm soul mining sure by DV? yeah it's a good record yeah we it's interesting because I, I mean I hardly ever listen to it we haven't played know. anything from from the the was it Matt Johnson yeah, is that I mean, his like, name who the hell knows how to yeah. say it but yeah. like I'll actually like I'll depend on you to play the the on a future show. Anyways, <laughs> okay. go ahead and go ahead and pivot or I, I, I will play I will jump What's your next move? Like you see, you... I'm I, I'm gonna play something uh, a listener suggestion. And this is one I Oh, had, okay. So like I had so been hoping We have a new angle on the show, the listener suggestion. The listener suggestion. Angle. This is one I had yeah. been meaning, you know, I talk about the list we of songs. We have like 27 fans. <laughs> well, one of them <laughs> suggested The East River Pipe. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, East River Pipe. <laughs> East River Pipe, uh, who, who is uh, the pseudonym, we talked about pseudonym earlier, uh, of, of Mr. F.M. Cornog, which also... What's his real name? Which is his real name, but seems like a yeah. pseudonym. And he's been recording uh, four-track home recording music since the early 90s and uh released records on sarah released records on merge is the sort of artist that just continually and consistently puts out great records pour yourself another beer bob because this is going to be a good song uh from his 1994 Done. release on originally released on sarah records out of the uk reissued by merge after that great label yeah he's just a really i mean i don't know we'll talk about it after the song really really good consistent songwriter um this one's called superstar in france from the poor fricky record east river pipe i like the way you say poor fricky say that again poor fricky yeah <laughs> captain cornog <laughs> fm cornog <laughs> yeah captain for <laughs> not captain not not to be confused. Come with on, you legend. Come AM, on, you server pipe. And Hit us Cornog. with your best shot. Yeah, here's Superstar in France. You're a superstar in France. You've got everything I want. You've got all those pretty.
just a nice song from East River Pipe, Mr. F. Well, it's more than that. It's like a it's like a mastery of of the home recording technique. For he sure. sounded like a four piece band. Yeah, he's a multi instrumentalist. He, I think he did he does it all himself. Yep, all on I four mean, track. I mean, he's like from his queen's apartment. In yeah, you're doing double queens on double Chuck queens. D and yeah. FM Cornog. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, like you know, maybe maybe this. Two gentlemen should hook up. Like, Shout out to my together. prior home, Queens, <laughs> yeah. Queens County, yeah. New York. They can social distance and make a great album for us. Yeah, you know, like, but like, here's the thing. I mean, he was doing that in the early nineties. Like pure indie rock, though. That's like as pure as indie rock. Yeah, it like, is. It's pure indie rock, but it's like he was considered lo-fi. But there's not much lo-fi about that. I mean, other than it being recorded on a four-track, but it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like that's not four tracks. How does he fit it all in? I don't in? know. It like, doesn't. It doesn't sound like early Sebado. It doesn't sound like the Mountain Goats. You know where the lo-fi and the lack sounds of... sounds like a four-piece band recording music and like Easy Studios. Right. Right. And yeah. you know, I mean, he's just an artist that I don't think has gotten his due. You know, I mean, there's certainly has he has his fans, but. He's not as big as John Darnell of the Mountain Goats or Sebado or a lot of these bands that we think back to that time period. And I don't, I almost wonder if it's because he never really had a scene. You know, he wasn't part of the shrimper scene. He wasn't part of like any of the other tape label scenes. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's released on big labels. I he mean, was. Sarah and Merge. That's true. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. Why did he not? Oh well, no, find his I get audience? it because I perhaps he wanted it that way. You know, maybe like, I guess perhaps but, like self isolation is his game. Like, yeah, but know. if that's the case, you know, then you don't bother with releasing records. On like, the I have no knowledge of him ever playing a live show. That's true. That's true. No knowledge. Yeah, you know, and right. so like he's just like you know, he did his like thing. early smog, you know, yeah. and like um, Bill Callahan, like. Just do it, which is rather lo-fi. Which is incredibly lo-fi compared to that. Yeah, yeah, and like the, I think there were other players involved there, of course, with Silver Shoes, which is like totally lo-fi. Yeah, and early Sebado, which you mentioned, yeah. like, or, or, and but he was just like just one of these people, just like you know, kind of in a New Zealand kind of way. Yeah, you know, it's like I can make all this in, in my own house, and I don't have to be anybody. Right. I don't. You know, I don't uh, need to to play the game. I, I can just. Make uh, and my music. like I can be a mystery, yeah. despite the sound of my music. Like, just like um, Jandek. Like, sure. Uh, sure. You know, yeah. You know, like M- musically, which, much more. Which is totally lo-fi, but like he's right. like I would always call like that song certainly medium-fi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it's almost like proving what you can do with a four-track at home. And Jason Lowenstein's done the same thing. Like, sure. Sure. I mean, I've watched Jason Lowenstein make entire four-track albums, solo albums, whether they were released or not, like in his bedroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like he didn't right. he didn't need any of our help, right? Yeah, he didn't. He, you know, he'd rather not have us. You know, right. it's or like, our, it's just like ultra personal. Or our you know buddy I mean? email, like, you know, doing the same thing. Yeah, these are like, yeah, it's like people just like making music because they love to make music in their bedroom and they can play everything. Yeah, you know, yep. it'd be like if like you just like spent the next six days saying, "Hey, Bob, I can't talk to you for the next six days." So I've, I've got like I wrote four songs, and I'm gonna make them great. And I can play all the music on them, and do all the percussion. Like I don't need anybody's help, and I can do it. I'll send them to you. And like you know, a lot of ways, like right now, like you know, my buddy Lucy Arnell is doing the same thing. Like you know, she's in L.A. and she's making her new EP for Broker's Tip. And like she's doing it like in total self isolation. She can play everything, yeah. and except for the percussion. Like I was like, we talked about it on the show with Lucy. Lucy's like, I, I'm, I might need your help on the percussion bits. And like, <laughs> she's reaching out to me for the percussion bits, and she can't play drums worth a shit, you know. <laughs> so, but anyways, I'll talk to somebody who can really play, just like Lucy. Um, we're gonna do it to. Uh, Marissa Anderson coming back to Portland, going back to Portland. But this is a nomadic warrior. This is yeah. somebody that a proper hiker, you know, a yeah. proper wanderer. She's been all over the country. Brilliant guitar player. She really and, is. Uh, she's got a new collaboration with Jim White. I'll double bubble to end the show. 
But this is from her 2013 album uh, called Mercury. I love this song. She's such a beautiful guitar player. Hesitation Theme and Variation Blues by Marissa Anderson. Jim White, Marissa Anderson up. Their upcoming album, The Quickening, on Thrill Jockey Records.
bringing the new music tonight, Bob. Yeah, the Lucky. Brand new. The Lucky. Jim White, Marissa Anderson from Thrill Jockey, as you mentioned. Yeah, I wonder who hooked them. I wonder if they just met at like a festival. I don't know. Could have been Bettina Richards from Throw Chucky. It's like one of the best label managers in the world. It's an inspired Um, collaboration because they both like really set a mood, you know? And they both, the beauty of that song and the beauty of that, their collaboration is it's, it's like the Miles Davis quote about the space between the notes and knowing what notes not to play. You know, they don't, neither of them overplay and there's a lot of room to breathe and it's just, it's, it's just transfixing, I think. Well, I don't know Marissa Anderson. Nor do I. I do know Jim White. Yeah. Um, I've seen him play many times with the Dirty Three and a few times with Zylorus White and, and um, he has this incredible gift of restraint Mm -hmm. and like, uh, Mm while while staying busy, right? Um, uh, he's like you know, the anti-Keith like, Moon. It's like a rare gift. I mean, like, and he can do like I don't know how many takes. It, you know, they the, that he. I've never seen him in the studio. I've only ever seen him live. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's quite magical character. You know, yeah. I mean, like to me, there is no Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ever without Jim White in it. And like, mm-hmm. I've been like um, obsessed. Because uh, the only thing that I can really do is like uh, try to learn something from people that play percussion and drums with limited gifts, and just be inspired by them. Whether it be like Sarah Lund of the Unwound, or the Unwound, and many other yeah. things, or Janet Weiss, or right. Ray Washam, or you know Robert Godebed, like you know, like I mean, like yeah, I always when whenever I'm like. Uh, Whenever I watch a band, because I can't play a stringed instrument, you can, right? Mm, not well, <laughs> not well at all. Uh, yeah, but like, I mean, like as a percussionist, like as a shit one, like uh, <laughs> all you can ever do is like think, like, I mean, like Mac from the Jesus Lizard. Like, I've had the like one great thing about my, my musical experience is I've seen so many great drummers and so many great percussionists, and. But Jim's just like so rarely gifted. And, like I, I'm so much more familiar with him than I am with Marissa Anderson. But like, and of course his work with George George Zaloris, and of course you know Ward Ellis and Mick Turner with the Dirty Three, and like mm-hmm. you know playing with Cat Power. Like he's just like he's just so gifted. Like it's just such a gift. So like, anyways, love you, Jim. Like see you some point. You know, like yeah, that would be great yeah. to see. I would imagine they command a room. You know, like quiet. Oh, I think, like in my case, like anytime Jim's up there, like I always think, like I don't don't really, I can't imagine it being bad. No, no, no. I know. In in the sort of thing where they like set a mood, even he's like like to me, like he's like an idol, like you know, like uh, you know, he's a mumbler. Like you've got to get really close to his face to hear him. So I'm worried about ever being able to hear him again. But like, uh, what he says conversationally to me, it's like. I remember, like, uh, a great night I had with him, like, in the 90s, the mid-90s, like, with uh, Warren, Jim, and myself, we went and saw the, like, really lame bullfighting in Barcelona. Yeah. And Jim and I were way more impressed with the percussionists. (laughs) (laughs) We had to go play a gig, you know, like, we're only in there for, like, an hour and a half. It's like, I'm going to wander off, like, we've sound checked, I'm going to go, like, wander off, like. You guys want to come with me? Like, I think it costs like you know, the equivalent of like ten dollars to get in. Like, yes, like, and we saw some amazing stuff. Then, like, they were great, and pavement was like whatever the hell we were. But like, <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking anyways, speaking of Jim, have you ever heard of Venom P. Stinger? Have you ever heard any yeah, other stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know. His first, absolutely. You gotta be. Who play on the next show? We could. We can play some Venom P. Stinger at some point. Mick Turner and and yeah, Jim, Mick. You know, know, I know Mick. Mick pre, stayed in my house. You know, pre Mick, pre dirty three noise punk rock. Oh hell yeah, man! <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the birthday party mode. You know? Yes, much more birthday party. Uh, yeah. in, in the younger days, but um, yeah, good stuff. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry about the edits. You know, like you'll figure it out. You know? That's okay.
We'll make yeah. it work. All right. Look after yourself. Look after yourself. You too. Stay yeah. healthy. Stay healthy, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll do this soon. <laughs>